James. Raph. In the future um, Mars colony, mm -hmm. what job would you have? I think that I would be able to, I'd be paid to kind of come up with new sports. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Mars Authority, let's say. Yeah. Like the provincial colonial authority of Mars. Yeah. Would be like, we can't just, we need to find something we can do probably inside our like weird geodomes. Yeah, exactly. Fortunately, it would be an opportunity to like revisit, I guess, some sports that are popular on Earth, on planet Earth, and fix them. Yep. For example, in soccer, two balls. <laughs> two balls? That yep. kind of stuff, you know? That kind of, yeah, that kind of gear. Yeah, and tackling is allowed. Tackling is allowed, two balls. Yeah. If the ball goes out, it's always a kick in, no throwing. If we're doing no hands, we're doing no hands. You have to have your hands tied behind your back, in fact. <laughs> this kind of stuff, you know? Yep. That's what they pay me for. 150K. Mm. In in my up up I go I go north of that yeah <laughs> you reckon you're getting three hundred k and I'd like royalties as well for every dollar earned like while playing the sports that I still own the IP for you get you get five percent mm -hmm. of ticket sales yeah on Mars that's right that's how I start my empire anyway what would you do um, I, I think I'd be a blogger <laughs> so I I would write like the SEO blog for um like the Mars colonial authority so okay. that would have a website yeah which is about what it's like living on mars and, and, and giving you can buy tickets from there to fly to mars yeah and also like various uh, sports you could buy tickets for for local sports you know like two ball soccer which is huge and i would be writing like the seo blog that would have stuff like five cool things you can do on mars this weekend yeah and i'd be putting that gear together like things you can do on mars that you can't do on earth yep Check out a two-ball soccer game. Why would someone go to Mars? That'd be me. Again, two-ball soccer. Yep. I'll get back to you with the rest of them. Mars. <clears throat> Why would anyone want to go there? No, I, okay, sorry. I take that back. I admire the idea of someone standing on Mars and just two thumbs up, yep. take a selfie, all that. Yep. You know, say the line, say some line that yeah, they come the, up with. That echoes throughout history, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then head home. Yeah. Fine with that. You're good with that. But the whole, like, living on Mars, I do not for the life of me understand. Yeah, it looks pretty miserable over there, I'll be honest with you. Presumably it'll be one of those things where we just somehow set up some kind of geodome or whatever – where it's able to sustain life, the entire economy would be dedicated to just like attempting to survive on Mars. Do yep. you know what I mean? Like, and the amount of resources and everything required. Like, apparently on the I, like ISS on the International Space Station, it's like ninety five percent of the quote unquote astronauts' time up there is just like repairing things. Yeah, and just fixing all of the shit that's going wrong. Yeah, again, living on the ISS, I think it's cool conceptually. Mm. We've got a bunch of Americans and Russians sort of living up there. Yeah, on different, floating about. On different sides of the share house. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a wonderful scientific achievement. Wouldn't pick it for myself. Mm. Not somewhere that I want to spend my time. No. It, the internet, I assume, sucks. You've got to do those like weird little treadmill exercises to make sure your legs don't yeah. atrophy. Yeah, wither away. Yeah. And do they, is it true? I don't know if this is true. 
it's probably not true. I'm going to be perfectly <laughs> frank. I'm so that, ready. That you have to take like drugs that like lower your like sexual drive up there. <laughs> I heard that. You have to. It's the law. Yeah, I heard that. Can't, you can't get horny in space. They're basically chemically castrated for a period of time up there. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. There's okay. no way that we can confirm There's that. There's no way to confirm that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that one's true. Anyway, we are talking about space today. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about SpaceX, which yes. a couple of people have requested. A few people brought it up in the Discord and elsewhere. As you most likely know it, Elon Musk's space exploration company. Mm. And it is actually an interesting one because let me put it out to you. You've got to hand it to him. You may find him infuriating and annoying and cringe. Yeah. All that's true. Yeah. But uh, SpaceX is a pretty remarkable sort of company in what they've managed to do in the time they've been around. It really is. So you, you do got to hand it to him on, the, on that one. But and, and you can see how it kind of very much fed in, if not like is part of the genesis of the Elon Musk you know, mythology. As a guy. I right. mean, I mean, it probably is way more important than Tesla because I feel like you know the TED talk about going to Mars and stuff was kind of part of the becoming Elon. Yeah, yeah, Musk's de story. definitely part of his like myth is like he is the space explorer guy. Yeah, um, that was one of the things that turned him into like the coolant based epic science guy kind of thing yeah. he was for a while before he um, bought Twitter and sort of went off the rails. Yeah, nuked any reputation that he sure. still had with normal people but not normal people but and yeah. so i will just quickly say no, as well uh, further to that yeah in my quote-unquote research for this episode one of the things i came across was a quora question about does elon musk actually do the rocket engineering designs himself yep and so you know what i mean like spacex is adds to this the allure the yeah, allure yeah. i was like yeah he's he's in there just doing a bit of rocket science yeah because there's, there's a few things that go on with like space exploration and space technology and rich guys getting really really invested into space because obviously it's not just elon even though he is probably the most successful mm -hmm. of the rich guys have gotten into that but you know the context of why all that sort of stuff sort of happened and why most importantly space exploration became like a private company or like a um corporate sort of endeavor rather than, you know, the government through NASA and, and whatever. It's sort of an interesting angle as to how it all came together. So I'm not going to relitigate the 20th century of space exploration. You've probably heard about some of the milestones. Yeah, man went to moon. Man, went, man went to the moon. Uh, yeah, Sputnik a, dog. Yeah, the dog, <laughs> the dog that died in space, yes. Yep. So obviously that was a big Cold War thing. There were only a few things you could do as a nation a superpower in the Cold War to sort of flex your muscle mm -hmm. and show that you were better than the other one. Uh, number one, space stuff. Yeah. Number two, proxy wars in the Middle East. Yeah. yeah. Those were good. Yeah. Number three, pumping your Olympic athletes so full of steroids that their dicks fall off. Yeah. That were Very the three important. things you could do yeah. as America or Russia to show that you were that either capitalism or communism was the dominant mm. system. Yeah, and we still don't know to this day. <laughs> It's up in the air. Who knows? So after the end of the Cold War, Berlin Wall fell. The American space program, which had been triumphant, sort of lost its purpose mm -hmm. a little bit. It didn't have like a superpower to flex on anymore. They'd been to the moon. They'd been, there had been a couple of setbacks, you know, the Challenger disaster, the Columbia mm -hmm. disaster. People love seeing Neil Armstrong walk on the moon. Yeah. They're not as keen on seeing a spaceship explode on live television no. with a bunch of people on it. No. It's a vibe killer. Yeah, for sure. Complete what are we fun. doing up there? What are we doing up there? And also, you know, once once you get, what's the next milestone? Going to Mars. Yeah. Colonizing the gut. That sounds very expensive. It's very hard to convince people that that's something that 
that should be spread in the well, tax dollars. Well, consider me unconvinced. <laughs> as, as we've just talked about, yeah. you know. Uh, no, no, for sure. And um, NASA no longer could get masses of budgets to build the rockets that would take humans to Mars. Basically, yeah. Um, there's a few other, like there's a bunch of other little annoying things that go on there, but it's evidenced by the fact that NASA wasn't really doing a whole lot throughout the 90s and 2000s. Uh, sorry, yeah. we should say they obviously play an important part in even understanding the Earth, using satellites and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get a greater understanding of the Earth, of uh, a planetary system, of the moons of Jupiter. All that Titan. stuff. Oh, they're, they're, they're on top of all that stuff. But, you know, no big kind of you're watching the news and it's just like you're, you're seeing the NASA, guys, NASA, NASA. The guys in the control room, you know, they've got their headsets on. Yeah. You don't see as much of that anymore. So um, that didn't mean that there wasn't a, a, you know, a rarefied class of rich guys that really wanted to mm. to get get up in that stuff, explore the cosmos, yeah, make human consciousness multiplanetary, as Elon puts it. Yeah, um, Branson, Branson. Bezos. Yep. I mean, the Branson one, very quick diversion, Virgin Galactic, yep. close to bankruptcy. Yeah. So this is the Virgin, you know, space travel as like a space, tourism. Space tourism, yeah. Space yeah. tourism. They went public virus, SPAC, one of Chamath's uh, SPACs. Yes. So. Yeah. Good work there. Yeah. So the Virgin Galactic went up. Bezos one is Blue Origin, which mm. is also has a focus on space tourism and has done a lot of like outer orbit things where billionaires go up and hang around in the, the stratosphere for a bit and come back down. But they're also doing some more advanced stuff too. But then SpaceX was Elon Musk's. Mm. So he joined something called the Mars Society in the early 2000s, which, shock horror, involves a bunch of guys sitting around wondering how they can get to Mars. Mm. They don't have our natural skepticism. And I, I don't know what their thoughts are on two-ball soccer, but if it, I reckon it's probably not even come up, which makes me feel sick. So uh, there was a whole thing with Elon Musk being like, I'm going to create a, like a pi- private organization that's going to help us colonize Mars. Mm. Um, and he tried to purchase uh, rockets from basically the newly formed Russian Federation, didn't pan out, and he was like, oh, we can probably build it ourselves. And that was sort of the genesis of SpaceX back in 2002. But the whole idea that SpaceX has been built off is reusable rockets. Yeah. They didn't invent the concept, but that was certainly the first one to really bring it into like commercial viability and like scientific viability because sending rockets into space is super expensive, as you can probably imagine. It's one of the most expensive things you can do. Yeah. Um, and as I said, a lot of people are sitting around, including us, thinking, oh, why, why would you even bother doing that? Yeah. If you can make it a bit cheaper... Okay. Now, now, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm back at the listening. table. How cheap are we talking? <laughs> We're talking $25. Can you tap on with your card? Yeah. Reusable rockets means you can you can shoot a rocket up into space and then it comes back. You can use the lift-off mechanism essentially again in future. Yeah. That's the whole innovation and what SpaceX is, has managed to do. So, yeah, over the past 20 years, they've developed into a sort of a space powerhouse one of the most important companies in the space, as yeah. I said, impressive company. While at the same time, obviously, the public sector funding for space exploration and whatnot has decreased. That's right. Um, and part of part of the thing that helped SpaceX flourish, apart from the fact that they had the right idea on reusable rockets and a great team, et cetera, is that NASA became more of like a private-public partnership model rather than, you know, getting all these eggheads in wireframe glasses sitting around in Cape Canaveral or whatever designing big rockets, they partner with private sector companies to do that stuff. Mm. And SpaceX is one of the biggest beneficiaries. And to this day, that's where they make most of their money from um, 
NASA contracts. Yeah. NASA paying them to do stuff. Send supplies to the ISS. That's right. Yeah. So they've got a, they've got a few different models, I guess you could say. The, they have the Falcon, which has gone through a bunch of different models, and it's basically their um, reusable rocket. They have the Falcon Heavy, which is like five of them stuck together. It's meant to be obviously a stronger version. The Dragon, which is the ship they send up to the ISS to resupply it, bring them their, <laughs> bring them their chemical concentration pills. Yeah, yes. <laughs> very, very, very <laughs> important. It's just a whole ship loaded um, with anti-boner pills. Yeah. And Elon Musk goes up personally and distributes them. Go on, boys. You know the rules. Yeah. Takes 30% margin. Yeah. It's a good business. It's a great business. It's like clipping click the ticket. Uh, and the other one that they're working on is Starship. Mm. Sort of cringily. This, cringily this is the big dog. This is the big dog that they've, uh, they tested earlier this year. and wasn't a successful launch, but, you know, it's one of those ones where it's like even a failure is, is a win. Is yeah. a win. And, but this is the one that it's going to take us to Mars? That's the one they eventually want us to take us to Mars. I'd yeah, but obviously they're not making any money from Starship at this point. No. You know, they've, they've taken on a bunch of investment, and I'm sure there's a pitch deck, 100 pitch decks floating around about mm. how one day Starship will be this passenger vessel that you can catch to the Mars colony Yeah, to check out a two-ball soccer game. Could be good. Yeah. Um, but for now, obviously, that's not making – that's not where their money – is coming from mm. the money is coming from a few different places, NASA contracts for the the Dragon to supply the ISS, and also one of their big lines of business now is being a res- relatively economical way for themselves and a bunch of other partners to shoot satellites into into orbit. Basically. Satellites, satellites. The sky that we grew up looking at has changed, James. Changed forever. Go on. One used to lie on their back and stare up at, you know, the nether regions of the galaxy. <laughs> the Big Dipper and so on. Uh, I've never, Orion's Belt. I mean, that's a very northern hemispheric. I was kind of more thinking like the Southern Cross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Classic. And nothing would be really moving up there other than the occasional plane. Now it's a mess. Like is that a star or satellite? You know what I mean? May as well be the game. Star or satellite, oh, it's a satellite, it's bloody moving. There will nary be a child again who will look up and see a satellite-free sky. Think about that. That's sad. The last generation to see a satellite-free sky. I mean, I knew there was a few up there, but you couldn't really see them. And, and they're probably not even playing a wholesome game like Star or Satellite because they've got their bloody faces glued to That's true. Minecraft on their iPhone. That's very true. They're talking to their, like, AI, like, anime like uh, like a VTubers. Yeah, this kind of shit. Anyway, yeah. no, but point being, satellites, there used to not be that many. Now there's heaps. <laughs> that's, that's very true. There's yeah. like more than 7,000 satellites up there. Now half of them are SpaceX. SpaceX launched their first satellite in 2019, three and a half years ago, three years ago. They've now got three and a half thousand up there. Yeah. That's impressive to just pump that many satellites up there, yep. one every four days or whatever. Yep. I mean, it's not one every four days because one of the advancements in satellite technology is you can like launch a like a cube, a satellite cube thing and, you know, there's multiple satellites being launched from one rocket, blah, 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 blah. But point being, there's 3,500 SpaceX satellites up there, there's 7,000 satellites up there. You see them at nighttime constantly kind of just drifting across the sky. It's- yeah, there was a big, there was that big controversy um, like a year ago now where it was like all these lunar photographers being like, 
Look at this. And they'd show the photo because you see like the really artificial line where there was like a string of them in a row, yeah. SpaceX ones. It's like Elon Musk has bloody ruined my weird little hobby. And everyone was like, that sucks, man. <laughs> it's really hard to get invested in that one. I mean, I'm invested. No, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not invested, but it's just another lament. Not a lament for the way, the way things used to be back in my day. Exactly. But the satellite thing. So satellites... You know, people are like, oh yeah, satellites super, super important. They're not that friggin' important. I mean, they, I mean, they're don't worry, they're important. GPS, <laughs> huge. We um, we've come to rely on GPS not just for finding directions, not just for Waymo in our vehicles, but also for you know uh, being in the city on the CBD for the first time in a little while. You're in for an errand or something, mm. and then opening up Google Maps and just typing lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean, you know, like ATMs and whatnot apparently use GPS for this, that, and the other. And, you know, they're used in, it's used in things other than just directions. But whatever, that's kind of vaguely important. And I know they use it for like the weather, right? Satellites are used for the weather. Yeah, it is for whatever bunch, reason. It is for a bunch of satellite communications, blah, blah. Uh, but I think, the, but the reason that satellite, uh, SpaceX is pumping them up there at a rate never before seen is for the internet. For Starlink, yeah. So Starlink, for a lot, for something a lot of people, don't realize that it's not like a separate Elon Musk company. It is like a SpaceX subsidiary. Mm. Starlink is their remote satellite internet play, basically. And over the past couple of years, has expanded relatively dramatically. The pitch is that if you live in a remote area that do- isn't served by, you know, fiber or cable or mobile internet even, mm. and you've got spotty reception, you know, for example, if you live in regional Australia, which has one of, been one of the big areas that Starlink has targeted, mm. they've done a lot of campaigns, they partner with Optus to get internet out to, to people in regional Australia. The idea being you can get like pretty fast internet. Yeah. And you get your own little satellite dish, right? That's yeah. yeah. Your welcome pack, you've got a little little box with a um, satellite dish in it. And you just put it on the ground and apparently it's kind of cool. It, it, move, it tracks satellites across the sky. Yep. Like it moves slowly with them. Make like sending a connection up to a satellite that's whatever the nearest satellite is flying overhead so you can get a pretty decent internet. Yeah. Not setting the world on fire, but decent. Decent, yeah, yeah. They, they claim that you get like 20 megabits up to like 200 megabits or 50 mm. up to 200 or something, which is totally fine and definitely better than a lot of people would get in regional Australia, for example. Yeah. And then, you know, it's something that can be used on boats and aeroplanes apparently are starting to use some Starlink, Starlink and yeah, whatnot, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there is, it does make sense for obviously a yeah. bunch of situations. Yeah. Um, and they're estimating that by the end of 2030 or something, they'll have 40,000 satellites up in the air, basically all for this Starlink thing. But another place where Starlink really made the news, the military exercise in Ukraine. <laughs> yes. Yep. The, mi- the, the minor operation <laughs> in Ukraine. Yeah, but obviously um, one of the first things Russia did uh, before their military exercise in Ukraine <laughs> was uh, they knocked out all of the internet. And Elon stepped in, provided Starlink for free, I believe. He was saying free Starlink services to all of Ukraine. Now, he then found, much like with Twitter, you know, like Twitter now X, he found very quickly that moderation wasn't so easy. This is, I feel like, almost another moderation issue that he ran into with regards to Crimea. Yeah. No, global politics is really just a mods and admins sort of situation. Yeah. That's how you can think about Imperial management. The United States is an admin. Yeah. Then it's got a kind of got regional moderators that operate and enforce its will. Yeah. And uh, us, we're just lowly posters. Yes. Yeah. 
facing the band hammer at any moment if we cross the big dogs. It's very true. Yeah. Um, but what happened with Crimea? So there was an interesting controversy that came out, and this all feeds back into like, I don't know, whatever Elon Musk is trying to do on the on the global stage now. Yeah. But yes, the Ukrainian military Department of Defense in the US had been using Starlink to, to supply internet to Ukrainian military. Mm. There were a story appeared in uh, Walter Isaacson's Elon Musk book, which Walter Isaacson sort of previewed in a by publishing in a, in a newspaper, I'm pretty sure, which basically said that the Ukrainians were going to use the Starlink connection to do a drone attack on uh, a Russian warship, basically. Mm. And Elon Musk stepped in and cancelled it, turned off the internet, mm. instructed his SpaceX and Starlink, te- Starlink team to turn off the internet, and then the operation didn't go ahead. Mm. Obviously, when you hear that, and Walter Isaacson sort of dropped it as like a funny little anecdote, and it pissed off a lot of people because mm. it suddenly seemed like Elon Musk was sort of calling the shots on certain military operations that he liked or didn't like. Yeah. Then Elon Musk came out and basically denied the way that the book framed it and said, actually, it wasn't that. There was no internet. and I, I just didn't let them turn it on yeah. for that operation. Rather than them being internet and... Ukraine just assuming, that, like the military being like, well, we assume there's going to be internet and Elon Musk at the last second being like, turn it off and like stop the operation. Ukraine requested he turn on the internet in Crimea, like in the Crimean waters or whatever, um, where there wasn't previously and they- and he, and he said no. I mean, you know, if, if you're someone who thinks, who's a Ukraine flag in bio kind of guy, probably don't draw much of a distinction between those two things. But this is what I mean by it's like a moderator thing, right? It's like- Elon claims that, you know, the rules that they set was that Starlink can't be used in military, in like offensive military exercises or whatever. Like yep. it can't be used to send missiles into someone else's country or do operations in someone else's country, yep. blah, 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 blah. And so this was just following the rules. Obviously, the complication being that, like, we don't know the full details, but like, like Ukrainian military claims that they'd requested permission to do other things in the past and had been granted and blah, 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 blah. So it comes down to that big question, same as moderation, who should have the right to determine what can and can't be done, can and can't be said, et cetera, et cetera. It's a complicated issue. Uh, Certainly. And I think, yeah, again, it comes back to this weird Elon Musk thing where it's like uh, in much the same way is, I don't don't know whether he anticipated or not, but by buying Twitter, he all of a sudden had to make all these calls about like the flow of speech and how yeah. making moderation decisions um, that he maybe was not keen to make. Mm. In this case as well, if you establish a global internet network um, which delivers relatively high-speed internet to wherever you like on the face of the planet, including many remote areas not served by a country's normal infrastructure, you're probably going to get yourself into some relatively thorny positions mm. in areas of conflict, in areas of whatever. And if, they, if they're going to put another 40,000 satellites up in the air, presumably that issue becomes even more pronounced. Yeah. But, like, again, when it, comes, when it comes down to it, it's like it's impressive that the, this company in just a few short years has put itself into that position of power. Totally. I mean, you, you can probably you can quibble as to whether you want Elon Musk as the guy holding the joystick. Yeah. Probably not. Well, I think in this case, with the outcome they, they came to is that with regards to military contracts, they've created like a separate company altogether or whatever to Starlink that is 
directly contracted by the American military and basically outsourced that decision to the American military and just kind of said, and the services or whatever to to that business. It's like, yeah, here you go. We'll, like, we'll give you the satellites or whatever, or like access to satellites. We have no idea what you're doing with them. You're the guys dealing with the data and those decisions, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and making the call. Yeah, like what operations or whatever they're used for. Probably the right outcome. How much does that absolve you by just saying like, I know nothing or whatever, but you know, probably enough, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, again, it just feeds back into this thing that SpaceX in really a few short years has established itself as a real like power center. It's incredibly impressive. I mean, as we've said, it's hard to think of that many hardware companies that have been established in the last 20 years. Consumer, like consumer product hardware companies at all really that have gained any traction success. And um, I mean, while SpaceX, you wouldn't typically call like a consumer hardware company, Tesla obviously is. Like, it, it, like Starlink makes it consumer. Exactly, right? it makes it's, it consumer. It's, and it's very obviously like, and the way that I'm sure they're thinking about it is like, this is how we, we make revenue and profit that we can then reinvest back into the core mission, which is like sending a guy to Mars, yeah. sending, sending, sending some guys to Mars. And it's kind of interesting, like SpaceX is a private company. We don't know what their books look like. Mm. And it's further complicated by the fact that so much of it is government contracts. And, yeah. You know, that, that can, those can be sort of uh, complicated to tease, tease out. But government contracts are typically big. Huge, yeah. And ev- evidence uh, that there's been some reporting around that SpaceX has actually been profitable at various points in its existence, um, especially after it started launching satellites for uh, third-party clients, mm. which you know has netted them a bit of money. I seriously doubt it is now, given that uh, apparently Starship alone, they're plowing $2 billion a year at least into uh, this mission to build a really, really big rocket to get to Mars. Um, and it's, it is, it is again, it's funny that <laughs> there's this company that's sort of expanding and trying all different things with space tech, which is becoming a bigger deal. But at the end of the day, that's the that's the reason the company exists, to get get people to Mars. Yeah. You know, Elon was talking to me about, like, sending, like, a greenhouse to Mars yeah. to, like, grow stuff in the soil. It kind of feeds into the EX effective accelerationism that we were discussing the other week on um, yeah. the paid-only podcast which you should probably sign up to and it it feels a bit ex- altruism vibe as well how it's like well yeah we'll do the satellite internet and you know work with nation states or whatever to send their own satellites up and do their own little space stuff but because it furthers the mission of getting humans to live on mars finally and explore the solar yeah, yeah. system making human consciousness multi-planetary yeah. which is like elon musk's big thing he thinks that you know if we stay in one planet we could be snuffed out but if we went to an unbelievably inhospitable red planet with no oxygen. Yeah. Now we're cooking, baby. Yeah, sure. Not for me. <laughs> My main thing is that I'm obviously going to spend so much money and effort re- uprooting my life and relocating to the line. Mm, that's true. In Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, where I'll, I'll also be a blogger. It's the line or the terraformed Australia, as discussed. Yep. Yeah. Th- those are the options. Those are the options. I'm not going to... Um, go through the whole rigmarole again to move to Mars. No. After I've moved to one sort of inhospitable desert. It's already so disruptive. Like what will your dog think? Yeah, exactly. I've got a I've got a French bulldog. My French yeah. bulldog's not gonna go to Saudi Arabia and then Mars. Yeah. She'll tolerate one of those moves. James, do you know about Mars One? Mars One was a small private Dutch organization that received money from investors by claiming it would use it to land the first humans on Mars and leave them there to establish a permanent human colony. 
Sounds mm-hmm. pretty good. That's sentence one of their Wikipedia. Here's sentence two. Yep. From an, its announcement in 2012 to its bankruptcy in early 2019, it is estimated to have received tens of millions of dollars. The organization was not an aerospace company and did not manufacture hardware. Mm. That's the entire first paragraph of the Wikipedia. From um, Mars One? Yeah, see, because what you had to do is you had to apply to be one of the first people to go to Mars. And yep. there, was a, there was an application fee and an application process that required you to kind of go in these forums and post basically and like do learnings and then slowly the numbers were kind of whittled down. But like at every single stage, you had to keep paying more and more money to, in order to kind of still be in the running. So, so to that, be, that I can respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until the organization finally went bankrupt. Sort of like a Mars L MLM or something. <laughs> yeah, basically. Mars One. I remember I used to read the forums. <laughs> yeah. And it was questions like that, like, what do we think about religion on Mars? Yes or no? <laughs> you know, this kind of stuff. I can imagine what the response to that would have been <laughs> among the sort of people who would sign up for Mars One. It's interesting I'm able to talk about it because that is what every other company in the like rich guy space universe, mm. Bezos with Blue Origin and uh, Richard Branson with Virgin Galactic, are, are focusing on that like kind of space tourism thing, which SpaceX has done a little bit of, um, and I believe like they have plans for one of their ships to do something space touristy with one of the things that they're currently working on. That's the big thing that Blue Origin has, been, has, has done. Like Jeff Brozos has been up a couple of times, I believe, yeah. into in space. He came back wearing that goofy cowboy hat, yeah, you know, classic stuff. And Virgin Galactic obviously doing the same as well. Again, these are just sort of like vanity things for guys in like the mid-hundreds of millions net worth. Yeah, yeah. You know, the last, the last frontier. It's that or go down in that fucked submarine. Yeah, yeah. We know how that turned out. Yeah, yeah. It's just a way to spend heaps of money to feel like you're doing something meaningful. Or to just, or just you know, one of the few experiences you can give yourself these days that no one else. No one else can. That's the thing. The same iPhone that you've got is the same <laughs> iPhone that everyone does. I got the same iPhone as Kanye, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything's been commodified to a certain extent. Except I've not been to space and it would be pretty hard for me to make that happen. It's not on my bucket list. It's on, my, it's on my fuck it list. Like, oh, fuck it, I guess I'll go to space. Oh, yeah, okay. But, uh, but it's not on my bucket list. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I would do, you because know, you, you know how Mr. Beast got offered to go on that submarine that imploded? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. He posted about it after his, like, a tweet. He was like, oh, I actually got invited onto that particular voyage. Oh, really? Is yeah. that legit? Yeah, that's legit. He yeah. got invited onto that one. Is this like the liter- thing like- Literally that, that. You know, I worked in like World Trade Center and like on that morning I missed my train. It's like kind of one of those stories, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My <laughs> daughter was sick and so I had to stay home and I was ropeable because I really wanted to get into work and I was mad at my daughter. But then I saw that plane hit that building and I looked at her and I hugged her and I said, thank God you had the flu. Yeah, something like that. Although I think Mr. Beast just chickened out because he was like, this doesn't look right. <laughs> Which <laughs> that's know, good instincts. It's another it's another win for Mr. Beast. <laughs> Big W for Mr. Uh, Beast. Because can I just say, like Mr. Beast getting crushed in a submarine thousands of feet b- below the ocean surface mm. would have been nuts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, w- that would have been Steve Irwin level. <laughs> that would have been an absolutely insane outcome. And I also feel like something that maybe he would be okay with. Yeah, to go out if you're going like to go that. out. Same as Steve Irwin. Yeah, he's I mean, going to go out, go out getting stung by a stingray. See, I don't know if he would have liked that because it was so. I mean, it was it was kind of broadly in his remix. It was an animal, but uh, like, but aquatic. it's not. But it's like wasn't. Well, there's a common theme between these two tragic deaths. 
And that's the sea. We have no place <laughs> being there, much like we have no place being on Mars. Yeah. What happened to just walking around, <laughs> smelling the flowers? Exactly. Getting on the train. Whatever happened to that? Yeah. I mean, that's exciting, getting on a train. Get on a train. Looking out the window. Going through a field. Yeah. Play, playing, playing soccer. Hell, add another ball. Why not? <laughs> Hey, Raf. Hey, James. Did you know that you can get an extra episode of Down Round every single week mm-hmm. on top of the one that you're already getting? Yeah, I knew that. Well, obviously you know, but the but, person is like, I'm using you as a vessel to yeah, explain. Sorry, as I'm the listener. No, go on. Tell me more, James. How a, much does it cost? A mere $7 a month, Raf. Okay. And where do I go to find out more about this? You go to downround.net. Okay. I want it. Well, I'm sure you do. I feel like I'm missing out by not having it. Exactly. No ads. Second episode per week. And a few other little goodies that are coming down the pipeline as well. Head to downround.net. Downround.net. And sign up to Downround Premium.